0: Uh, my name is Jacob. Uh, today, we're going to be looking at 1 Peter 1, 1 through 1-5. This is the first episode of us looking at 1 Peter of probably a lot of episodes because uh, we're, we're going to be looking at the entire book of 1 Peter and I go really slowly at, through this. I actually wanted to do some uh, more verses than we're going to get through today, but... While I was reading it over again, I was like, there's no way. I mean, there's just so much already in these five verses that I want to talk about. Um, So, the last episode, we actually talked about who Peter was. So, if you didn't get to uh, listen to that, I definitely recommend going back and just listening. Because it gives some great context as to who's writing this. Obviously, the people writing the books are not the most important part of the book. But it does help to give some context. uh, Especially with Peter as he was an apostle. um, Just getting to remember who he was what he did um especially his relationship with jesus Uh, so so that was really good so um anyway uh like i said today we're gonna be talking about uh first peter chapter one one through five i definitely recommend getting out your bible and reading along with me if you can if you can't that's fine i'm gonna read the verses i'm talking about of course um but if you can if you can get out and look at it that's always the best um, but e- I-, I walk around our neighborhood listening to podcasts for, like, 40 minutes every day. So I totally understand if that's not something you could do. Okay, so uh, let's start. So, uh, again, starting in uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father and the sanctification of the Spirit, for the obedience to Jesus Christ, and for sprinkling with his blood. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. Blessed be the God of the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Okay, so there is a lot to unpack here. I mean, these are only five verses. And I actually thought, like I said previously, I thought that uh, we were going to be uh, talking about some more than this. But there was just so much to unpack here. I feel like that's going to be a common theme in this series. Um, But one thing that stuck out to me first and foremost, sort of like an overarching thing for these five verses, is this is a greeting from Peter to the people who he's writing to. And it starts with praise it recognizes the most important thing, which is God. Um, we, we don't have a lot of <laughs> the sort of, hey, how are you? Uh, what's been going on? This is what's happening with me. No, no, no. This is immediately as we open up into this letter, we're praising God and realizing who God is, realizing the hope that we have in him, especially for these people who, they have been through uh, obvious persecution. As we read through this book, we see that these people are going through a lot of persecution. Uh, they are the minority. Right now in America, uh Christians are not the minority, but we're definitely uh going towards that. Um so this was written to a uh, people that uh they are the minority. They are called Christians. Actually, the word Christian was a sort of de- derogatory term uh labeled on uh people and of course the people who actually were Christians took that as a compliment. Um to have their to have Jesus name associated with, um, them was the best compliment they could have, but yeah, uh, they were that minority. So this is being written to people who, uh, are going through a lot and it starts with praise of God because that's what they need in this time. Um, it starts with, uh, hope, And the Lord. I mean, we see uh, verse 2. They are dispersed in Pontus and Galatia and Cappadocia and Asia and uh, Bithynia uh, to the foreknowledge of God, the Father, in the sanctification of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ. Um, This is hopeful. This is, hey, yeah, you're in a place that it's not fun. It's, It's suffering. But this is to the foreknowledge of God. He is over this. He's got you. this is for your sanctification. This is for your obedience. God is with you through it all. It starts with immense praise and hope for the people in this situation. Um, And it's exactly what they needed. There's no small talk. I mean, not that small talk is something that should be avoided, but I mean, Peter is starting with the most important thing, uh, God. And God's praise. And a lot of the other apostles and, and, and Paul, like they, they do the same. They start off with uh, praise to God. Um, it's not about them. It's not even about the people that they're writing to. It's all about God. And they always start with God. One more thing we do see, uh, again, like Peter. It says Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. This is sort of like his resume in a way. Or he, his... Peter is an eyewitness an apostle of Jesus, and he's a pillar of the church. And um, so the things that he's saying, they're important. They are obviously the inspired words of God, but uh, Jesus chose him to feed the flock. Um, So uh, Peter was there whenever these different things with Jesus happened, his death and resurrection and all the different stuff. He was an eyewitness of these things. He has a sort of um, reliability to preach on the word of Jesus um so that's also very important to see and I said I mean I've said this like last episode we talked about uh, uh what Peter went through and the gospels um uh but yeah anyway that is something to, to point out okay so let's get into specifics so um what does it mean by uh the elect exiles of the dispersion and those places What does that mean? I actually didn't know this. And whenever I was reading it, I thought it was talking about something historical. Um, And a lot of people think that it is. Um, I I didn't really know exactly what it meant though. So uh, there's a pastor that I really like. You've probably heard of him, uh, John Piper. Um, I (laughs) agree with a lot of the stuff that he teaches. So uh, I wanted to see his opinion on this to see, is this actually an historical event that is happening with the Jews um, where they're being dispersed these different places? Or is there something more... Um, is there something more here? So I wanted to see his opinion on that. Um, so for this section, I've kind of uh, compiled from different Bible verses and Piper, um, just talking about what this means. So I definitely give credit to Piper for, um, compiling these verses and kind of explaining it because he explained it to me very well for this section right here. So, um, there's two possibilities of what this can mean. Um, I I, I guess there's more, but there's two that seem most clear to me. that these the exiles are Jewish Christians uh, who have been dispersed because of their uh conversion, or it's the elect Jews and Gentiles who are momentarily exiles on this earth. They're citizens of heaven. So one verse that definitely clarifies this a little bit, uh, this was the verse that clarified it the most for me, is actually in First Peter, first Peter uh four, three through four, which says For the time that is past suffices for doing what the Gentiles want to do, living in sensuality, passions, drunkenness, orgies, drinking parties, and lawless idolatry. With respect to this, they are surprised when you do not join them in the same flood of debauchery as they malign you. As Piper pointed out, these people were Gentiles. Um, They would not have been doing these. different things, uh, like, like orgies and drinking parties. Uh, these are people without law. Uh, they, they, they were practicing lawlessness and the Jews typically would not be doing something, um, such repetitive or s- so, uh, such, such a public, uh, e- evil. Um, the Jews probably would not be doing that. So it definitely, uh, seems to say that uh, Peter is talking to not maybe not just Gentiles, but Gentiles are definitely a part of this letter. Uh, I, I definitely think, obviously, that the Jews were a part of this as well. Um, as it does say, uh, in in the verse that we're reading uh first peter one to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion um elect does not mean just gentiles it doesn't mean just jews it's a it's a group of people chosen by God who are Jewish and gentile um so it it doesn't really matter your race anymore that doesn't really matter so um definitely I think that this is talking more about um the uh we are exiles on this earth because we are citizens of heaven. Now, where do we get that understanding of citizenship in heaven? There's a lot, there's actually a lot of places, but uh, the two that Piper pointed out uh, were, well, first were uh, Hebrews 11:13, 13, which says, "...these all died in faith, and not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having a knowledge that they were strangers and exiles on the earth." So this definitely speaks to more of a uh, exile. Uh, We we are are exiles on this earth because we are citizens of heaven. Um, We are so here we're we're not talking about in in verse uh, one of Peter, whenever it says exiles, it's not talking about exiles of Israel, but actually exiles on this earth because we are citizens of heaven. Uh, another verse uh, or verses uh, Philippians three twenty through 21, it says, but our citizenship is in heaven. And from it, we await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. So again, we see that we are actually citizens of heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven. And right now you could say that we're resident aliens on this earth in our countries. As Piper said, we are secondarily citizens of earth, of our country. We are firstly citizens of God, citizens of heaven. So I think the words elect exiles of the dispersion, uh, it, it really means the chosen people of God, um, which are no longer the Jews after the new covenant, uh, God chooses people, uh, outside of the Jewish race now, uh, thank goodness, uh, cause that's who I am, um, so the, the the chosen people of God who are exiles on this earth, uh, and they've been dispersed throughout uh, Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. And of course, um, while this letter is written to these specific people, it is still applicable to us today. It is the inspired word of God. So I do not subscribe to the notion that, uh, that this letter was written to these specific people. Therefore, it has no... Uh, consequence to us uh definitely not this is the inspired word of god um and the disciples use the old testament uh in their learning and that the old testament was not written to them to specifically to them um, um, so some of the books weren't I guess you could say that some of the books were written to the Jewish race um, but some of the books were written to specific groups of people and they actually quote them so that definitely explained it for me um, it made a lot of sense to me but uh, go research go research it for yourself I mean maybe you were on the side that uh, Peter is talking to the uh, to just the Jewish people uh, who uh, have been converted that are uh, exiles of Israel um, but uh, for for right Right now, uh, for what makes sense to me, I definitely think that it's talking about this this other way, uh, talking to Gentiles and, and Jewish people alike. All right, so let's move on to verse 3, which says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy he has caused us to be born again to living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So, again, we see praise to God here, um, but because God is merciful, he chooses to cause us to be born again. He gets the choice. It says right here, according to his great mercy, He has caused us to be born again. Um, this is something that for some reason is confusing for a lot of people professing Christ to understand. It's right there in the, it, it's right there in the Bible um, God has caused us. To be born again, we don't get to choose this. There's a great quote from uh, Allie Uh She says something along the lines of that uh, we don't choose Christ because if we could choose Him, we would unchoose Him. Uh, we quote unquote unchoose Christ every day, a- every time that we sin. We are not perfectly choosing Christ because if we chose Him every day, all day, we would not be sinning. To choose Christ and to never again unchoose him um would mean that we would have to be perfect uh because as soon as you sin you're choosing something other than Christ i mean you, it, it's so clear i mean uh Christ is an all or nothing sort of thing you, you cannot uh be perfect in Christ and also be sinning uh while we are on this earth we will not be perfect it's just how it works and so Again, if we chose Christ, we would have the option to unchoose him. And we're about to see that's not possible. Uh, And that is why, uh, because of God's mercy, he causes us to be born again to a living hope. And we need to remind ourselves of this great mercy, just as Peter is reminding those he's writing to Uh, over and over again. Almost every day, I need to remind myself what God has done for me because I am so sinful. I forget and I need to be reminded of that. And that's what Peter's doing. In the first few words of his letter, he's reminding these people what God did for them, what he's done for the elect. And so what have we been born again to? We've been born again to a living hope. Um, The God we follow is not dead. He is moving and active. Um, There isn't a sort of uh, that we're following the teachings of a dead guy. This is a God that is not only living, but he's active in our daily life through the Holy Spirit. um, Constantly speaking to us. um, uh, Constantly... uh, preaching to us through his creation um so we are born again to a living hope through the resurrection of jesus christ from the dead um our hope our uh salvation is an effect of god's mercy of sending his son to die and rise again that is the only way that that this works it has nothing to do with us. Uh, we, we didn't do anything to deserve this, to uh, even have a part to play in this. Um, God does it all. Um, he's saving us. He's saving us from himself. He, he, he's doing it all. Uh, he is the one who has the wrath. He is the one who has salvation. Uh, we, we do nothing. And what's amazing is that we are born again to an inheritance. We get to live with God for all of eternity in a perfect world. It doesn't end with being born again. I mean, being born again is unfathomable, but it doesn't just end there. We are born again and we live with God forever he doesn't have to do this stuff. Like, like definitely we could be born again and uh, live for Christ and, uh, have our eyes open and just live on this world and then die. And, uh, that's it. But no, we get to live with him forever. Um, we, we, we get to, to be with him forever. We get to live in a perfect world with, with him, um, with no more, sickness and sin and just evil. It, it's all gone. And that is an inheritance that we get. We get an inheritance of salvation. Uh, It's beautiful and it, it doesn't end with just being born again. Of course, that is very thoroughly important, but it's not the end of the story. And it goes even further. Uh, like I was talking about earlier, verse four, we see that we are born again To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. This inheritance, uh, we can't do anything to lose it. Um, It is being kept by God's power. Because like I said before, if we had any part to play in losing our salvation, we would do it in probably a heartbeat. Uh, We are sinful people. We are constantly sinning. But thank goodness our inheritance is kept by God in his power. Nothing can take it away. I mean, think about that. Something is being kept by God for us. What, What can happen to it? Nothing can happen to it. It's being kept by God. It's guarded through faith. It is undefiled, unfading. It's kept in heaven for us by God's power. Again, I, I, I hate to keep on saying this, but if we choose God, we can just simply unchoose him. And that's not what we see here. It's, it, it's impossible. You don't lose your salvation. You don't come back to the faith. Um, it, it, that, that's not how this works. Um, it's right there plain and simple, in the Bible, the inspired word of God, it's right there. If you believe the Bible, you have to believe this. Um, it's set in stone. It's undefiled, unfading, never changing. A little bit later in First uh, Peter chapter 1, in uh, verse 23, we'll, we'll look at this later, obviously, in an, another episode, but it says, since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. This is something that does not go away. It's Nothing can take it away. It it is kept by God. God is mighty and all-powerful, and it it is impossible for anything to be uh, taken from him. Uh, Whatever he says will happen. Um, Anyway, so what a glorious truth. I mean, again, talking to these people who are under immense persecution that we'll see later in a a future episodes, like what an immense sort of uh, hope to them. Peter opens with this immense hope. It's not in himself or the reader, but in God they're being persecuted and God, our hope is all we need. He's, he's, he's it. Um, and one more thing to talk about, uh, the, Hope being guarded is our salvation, which is ready to be revealed in the last time. I mean, our salvation's coming. It could come right now as you're listening to this. It could come. Jesus is coming. Uh, it, it, the salvation is ready. It, It will be revealed. Um, it could come at any moment and that's how we're supposed to live our lives. And we'll see that more as we read first Peter through suffering and all, all of the different uh, struggles of being a Christian. Um, it's being a Christian is not easy. It's not supposed to be easy. You're supposed to suffer. Um, if you're not suffering, I would definitely check what you're believing in. Um, being a Christian is so countercultural that it leads to suffering and, we are going to be saved from it soon. Jesus is coming. I mean, it says he's coming soon. Um, he's he's coming. We need to be ready. Uh, but anyway, uh, that's it for First Peter 1, uh, 1 through 5. Um, if you have... But by the way, I have an Instagram account. It's just at the Glorify Initiative. If you ever want to talk about anything that we're talking about here go on there and message me because i would love to talk to you about it i'd love to hear your perspective but that's it for this episode uh and the next one i plan on talking about first peter again uh the verses directly after this one so um or for this bunch that we just talked about um uh i guess i will see you guys then um thank you guys for listening uh yeah i'll see you then bye